are looking live. I don't believe what I just saw. Anything possible? Live from the Bethel University Political Science and History Departments in CC 429, this is the 252. Sports Talk Radio is done by academics. I'm Chris Garrett, joined as always by... Chris Moore. And Sam Mulberry. And we have a special guest we'll introduce in just a second. This is actually, I don't know if you hear, I don't know if the sound is any different, Sam, <laughs> but this is our first live podcast recording for the 252. We're actually in the commons area of the new History Poli Sci home in CC 429. It's very nice. So we're just gathered around the table. Uh, Students are trying to study. We're probably getting their way. Others might be dropping in later as we go. But we thought we'd try something because we do have a special guest. Bethel University head football coach Steve Johnson is going to be basically the the subject of this episode. We're going to have a long interview with Steve uh, after our break. But um, Chris, just before we get started, I, I know we've done this a couple of times in the podcast, but because we're actually on the verge of registering students for spring courses. Yes. Can we just remind everyone why we're doing this podcast? And, and sure. And really um, get to what is the course about and why are we interested in teaching? Maybe up to 70 students we're supposed to get. I know. This, this is this going to be believe. wild. Yeah. Um, so we're uh, teaching this course. Is, this podcast is named after the course we're teaching. We're teaching political science history 252L, which is um, uh, the history and politics of sports. Mm-hmm. And what both of us were struck by is that we can use sports, which is this um, common language that lots of Americans use to speak to each other in small talk ways, um, in uh, in sort of safe ways, to really look quite deeply into um, issues of race and gender and development of uh, political processes, uh, development of, of the American state, and to really examine those things using the language and, and, and motifs of sports. And to do it as Christians, too. I think uh, we've talked a couple of weeks ago, we talked to Angela Denker, who was yes. a former sports writer turned pastor. We might come back to some of those themes. But I think a big part of what we're doing is thinking about how Christians, how other religious people play sports, watch sports, uh, make meaning of sports, too. So right. that would be something we're, we're And even to. then how sports reflects back into our faith. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, students, if you're interested, we post a couple of things at the History Department blog. You can come talk to us if you want to know what to expect for the course. We'll be doing some simulations. We'll do a field trip to watch a Twins game and get a behind-the-scenes tour at the end of the course. It should be fun. We're, we haven't quite figured out all the moving pieces, but it, it'll it's be a good, be good experiment. So, that's coming up. So, students, be looking for that as you register in November. Uh, otherwise, we'll be back after a short break to talk to Steve Johnson, Coach Jay, about his 31-year Bethel career and maybe the Christian ministry of being a college football coach. This week in sports history... Tokyo, Japan, October 23rd, 1964. Women's volleyball makes its Olympic debut, with the host nation winning all five of its matches, including a straight-set victory over the Soviet Union for the gold medal. Atlanta, Georgia, October 24, 1992. Baseball's World Series finally goes to a team outside of America as the Toronto Blue Jays win Game 6 over the Braves thanks to an 11th-inning double by future Hall of Famer and St. Paul native Dave Winfield. Mexico City, Mexico, October 26, 1968. Fresh off winning four gold and two silver medals, Czech gymnast Vera Kozlowska gets married to Olympic runner Josef Odlos. 
Um, but she never again is allowed to compete internationally after she protests the Soviet invasion of Czechoslovakia. San Francisco, California, October 25th, 1964. In one of the most famous bloopers in NFL history, Vikings defensive lineman Jim Marshall returns a Billy Kilmer fumble 66 yards in the wrong direction. The 49ers get a safety, but the Vikings hold on for the win 27-22. You've been listening to This Week in Sports History. All right, welcome back to segment two, really the main segment of this, I think, 18th episode of the 252. I believe so, yeah. Uh, so this fall, again, we're not doing weekly podcasts. Uh, so once a month, we're doing kind of our regular three-segment podcast. Mm-hmm. And then we also thought it gives us space to do some longer-form interviews with people from the sports world that we find interesting. And I think, Chris, on our list of people we want to either interview for the podcast or bring into the course for a long time has been Steve Johnson, who is the head football coach at Bethel University, uh, is in his 31st season. And so we just want to talk to Steve about uh, some things that might be familiar from the podcast. We've talked to some right. coaches before. We've talked to athletes before, but uh, maybe some other things, too. So, Steve, first of all, thanks for doing this. I know right. this is my fun. You're preparing for a game on Saturday. You're actually yeah. leaving tomorrow because you're going up to right. Moorhead, right? So right. this is your road trip of, yeah. of the Mayak season. Um, with these interviews, we always start by asking people just to share what we call their sports story. So however you want to frame, however you want to tell your story of How sports. did you get involved in sports? What sports did you play as a kid? How did you get to where you're at in the sporting world today? And right. then we'll kind of get to coaching. But if we just want Beautiful. to start wherever you want to. Yeah. Well, first of all, I, I, I need to get into this class. So whatever I need to do, because it sounds, auditing it sounds great. Yeah, it yeah, sounds fantastic. It's probably free. Yeah, right, yeah. 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 I probably can make it. But, um, <clears throat> you know, I grew up. In Chicago, Southwest Side, and uh, I just loved sports as a as a kid, and uh, most uh, most notably probably the Cubs. And so I would go to I had a paper route, and I when I wasn't playing Stratomatic baseball, I, I'm dating myself with okay. all this. This is now a new wait, wait, we, we might need you. We might You're need among friends. Um, okay, good, good. Okay. I, uh, I when I'm not playing Stratomatic baseball, I'm taking the bus to the to the L to the. Uh, to Wrigley Field and mm-hmm. hanging out there all day, and it was my my younger brother sold T-shirts in '88 or so that said I was Cubbies before Cubbies was cool, <laughs> and so that would be me. And um, I was the only person there, and they thought this little punk was running around the right field bleachers. But it was just a great, a great childhood, sure. and you know when you're, and it's so it's funny how different everything is now. But when you're a little kid in Chicago, there's zillions of people, and you don't talk to anyone that you're really next to you know except your little neighborhood and, but we would we would just play sports non-stop and we were mm. playing sports we were playing games that were like sports and i was always i was always pretty good at arithmetic and then they started calling it math and so i had to had to go another direction <laughs> um but uh you know statistics and how all those things you know came into there but as you describe even this show um you know there's so many things re- revolved around uh, play and you know and just uh, just how life is and you know I, it's it's crazy as I as I think about that now and what we do I think that um, I, I feel like life imitates football kind of mm-hmm. or kind of sports and there's so there's ups and downs and all these different things and you got to stay in the fight and you got to stay level and you got to bring it all and you know and all those things so I think as a as a kid I 
I love the play, but there's but you're always you're measuring and and I don't know. I think it was just our our joy was around sports and the, the friendships that that caused and um and then through you know went to high school and I probably and I see this is this is a true story where um baseball is probably my favorite and I was pretty good but I couldn't hit you know so I pitched <laughs> and I could play shortstop I didn't hit so my future wasn't that great um. My older brother were football guys, and this one girl that I thought was really cute, like football guys. So I stayed in there, and then <laughs> I, I got better at that. And then, but but I was always intrigued by more than just playing, but the you know the ins and outs of the game. And I don't think people realize how intricate things are. You know, I'm mm-hmm. I'm uh, good uh, I'm good friends with uh, the Mad Check. Uh, Jeremy Ivan Skovich, I always say his name wrong, but um, our soccer coach. Yeah. And we talk about the intricacies of what he calls real football. And uh, <laughs> and as I as I can under I'm because I love sports and study, I can understand, you know. But most football coaches think soccer's a little boring because they score like once a month. But um, but. I'm kind of going all over the place, but it, it was just kind of in me, and I never really had mm-hmm. any permission. My dad was a, a, a convert, a BGC pastor okay. in Chicago, at a, and it was a great church. It was uh, my wife and I called an all uh, um, a full service church. We had Awana clubs that were the biggest and the best, and we had uh, a leadership of uh, godly men and women that were that were really cool and. Um, my dad was uh, speaking a, a grace message before anybody was doing that, and so the legalism was here. And the, but his grace message was amazing. But he was, uh, ah, baby, you know, what I mean, he was a, <laughs> he was a happy guy, and uh, um, and he was a big sports guy, you mm-hmm. know. And so we we joked as even as kids as oh boy, being a part of a team and part of a, oh the Bears, it's just like a church, you know. And mm-hmm. you know, it's because kind of all we knew, and so. I, as I look back, that kind of is my my sports slash my entire experience was leading and and sports and and all those different things. But even even you know as it relates to friendships, uh, they grew through that. And so that's yeah, I was always into sports and then into football. And um, but I'm I'm as much into team and the. Mm the joy of togetherness and uh, fighting through tough stuff. And So let's take yeah. you up to, I think we were to high school, let's take you to college. When you show up at college, are you expecting that you're going into coaching or how maybe we can start to tell that story, how you, how you get from whatever you were as an 18, 19-year-old right. to becoming someone who's going to make that your profession? I'll start with this. I'm 63 years old. I've been hanging out with 20-year-olds for 43 years. <laughs> and uh, the, we have a... Um, I was a pretty immature college kid, so I came to I came to Bethel, and really the biggest reason we knew about Bethel because my dad was a pastor in the BGC, but um, my older brother Dave, who was pastor at Open Door for a long time, uh, he he said, "Hey, here's a place where we can play." Mm-hmm. So really, I came to Bethel because it was a place I could continue to play football, and so I went into psychology mm-hmm. uh, right away, and because that's what you know back in the day. If you don't know what to do, you go into uh, psychology, which is today. My daughter went to Bethel and went into psychology, and is what are you doing? You know, now nowadays you go into business or something. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you're real smart, you go into history. But uh, <laughs> but the uh, um, 
I came here to, you know, play football and, and you know, kind of get going. And um, as my wife and I became serious and she went to Wheaton and we were long distance uh, relationship, she gave me confidence to pursue. So I never really had any permission to really be anything but a pastor, but I didn't have that in my heart, you know, because mm-hmm. my dad mm-hmm. and then my brother and, and both really, you know, somebody you'd like to be like, you know, still. Yeah, so, sure. um, so then... You know, just not knowing possibilities, and and I believe this too is when you're when you grow up in Chicago, and you're in this little neighborhood, and then you go you come to Minnesota, it feels like a land of opportunity, and so all of a sudden, up here, and this one thing led to another, and um, we had a coach here in the uh, '70s named Chubb Reynolds, who um, he was kind of a he really he built a lot into me but he was a great x and o guy and I, mm. I i skipped this a little bit in high school my coaches played in the rose bowl uh with purdue with bob greasy and those you know so they yep. i i was taught i was hungry to understand the intricacies of the game but i really had great teachers didn't even really know it until i looked back mm. at st cloud state same thing but when i came to bethel our coach was what we want to we want to have a bunch of happy-hearted tough guys on our on our uh, football team mm-hmm. and our coach was Chubb Reynolds and he was this guy who when I first came to Minnesota truly I really struggled with the niceness because in, mm. in Chicago when you go to McDonald's and you say I'd like a hamburger the cute girl will say you want fries with that you know I'm almost like that and so mm-hmm. here everyone was real nice but our football coach was Chubb Reynolds who he would say things like uh, and I understood it but he would say you know you're not you know you're not, you're not very slow for a fat kid. You know that would be his, <laughs> that would be his idea of a compliment. And uh, and uh, but but those he was a real guy and yeah. he loved the Lord and he was tough and he really understood the game. And so, you know, a lot of that is what was as a young guy kind of get. I'm, it's like I'm I was being prepared for mm-hmm. kind of doing what I do mm-hmm. accidentally. You okay. know, and um kind of. Providential getting the, or whatever, getting so. those tastes of coaching even while you're still in the playing process. Yeah, too. And, yeah, and I didn't, I didn't know a whole lot of stuff. I, I had coaches that uh, demeaned me and and everybody else, as you know, kind of the old school thing that still goes on more often than you think. And I, you mm-hmm. know, I still, I'm not crazy about coaches when I go to conventions. I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, gee. You know, I kind of don't want to be like that, but I but I saw enough that I don't want to be that. I don't want to be that, but but it's probably in the middle of college to where I was almost given permission to to pursue, mm. and and yeah. my wife was yeah. really instrumental in that. Is when I kind of then I switched over to physical education, then I got my master's in sports psychology, but the okay. team building thing and the football and it just seemed it was a good mix. Sure. Mm-hmm. So Steve, take us through. Maybe not the whole week, but like it's Thursday morning. You're going to get on a bus tomorrow and then play on Saturday. Like, what, what is what do we not realize goes into the work of a college football coach, especially at this level? Like, I think right. one thing that's odd about your job is a lot of us probably see someone doing a version of it every Saturday. We see Nick Saban or we see right. Urban Meyer, uh, et cetera. <laughs> Ryan Day, preferably at this yeah, point. Probably yeah, probably. Sure. Yeah, there um, you go. So, I mean, I think we probably, a lot of us, if we're sports fans, have some sense, oh, we, we know what a football coach does mm-hmm. in college. What do we not know about what a football coach does, maybe especially at the Division three level? Yeah, I think uh, I, I think there's a – it's funny because we have a deal where when I'm I'm writing 
I'm putting things on lockers or filling up uh, deals that guys are always laughing about. Well, this is what Saban's doing right now, and uh, hmm. we do we do it all. We do what they do, and then and we do it all. And and the recruiting thing is a constant deal, and that's got to be your joy. But you know, you're never not recruiting. And I you know I'd like everybody at Bethel to know that you're never not recruiting. So, <laughs> you know, and I don't mean recruiting in the sense of, you know, we don't, we just want to be who we are over and over. And if you're attracted to us, you are going to grow and have a blast. Yeah. But if not, you know, so, but in the, in the season, I have a lot of people, I live downtown in a condo and I have a lot of people that say, Oh, no, and the season's over. Oh, now you <laughs> get to relax. And I'm like, it's about the busiest time in season at least i know where i'm supposed to be right now you know and, right. and you've, you've got this regimented thing but you're never you're never and i'm this is not a, this is my joy but you're never not um coaching mm-hmm. and yeah. and doing all these things you're never not thinking about uh your guys and things we just had a, a couple guys yesterday that got some heartache in their lives and we're mm-hmm. kind of counseling them through that and that's between meetings so this morning I had a, a mentor meeting in the, in the morning, and then and then I had an offensive meeting, getting the game plan solidified for our, for our first series, and then I, I run to a special teams meeting, and so you've got all these meetings, at, but you prepare for those meetings by watching video of yesterday's practice from two different angles, and so there's just there's way more to it than than people really realize, and in the midst of all that, we're calling and writing to and and uh, snap facing they make fun of me because i'm not the social media guy uh, <laughs> so i just say snap face covers a couple things anyway um and that what we do is we is you're kind of doing making sure you're you're connecting with high school kids sure that we want to visit and bring you know right. so there's there's just a lot of things all going on at the same time and you and you can't ignore any of them but but there's joy and i don't mean this in a bad way mm-hmm. but it's probably easiest to say that after we we played saint olaf um last week and and was, you guys wished us luck after the last show and and at saint john's and then we went and uh, got shut out and they cheated so that <laughs> we'll get over that but anyway I felt bad. I thought, geez, I'm going to be on the show right, right after this. Anyway, so anyway, we, we bounced back. We beat St. Olaf. I'm kind of trying to go through my week. That night, you're just exhausted, and you're either you're exhausted, happy, or exhausted, sad, and mm-hmm. you, you kind of get through that. And, and my wife is great because – and my kids, they've, they've just grown up in it, and, and we're a football family and mm-hmm. live and die, and so they know. But anyway – um, you you do I do a little bit of, but I just like to watch football and kind of see how everything's going. But I'll probably watch a little film if there's something going on there. Yep. Next morning, get up and grade some film, get to church. Do my wife's good at helping me get uh, uh, be alone to get some work done as far as getting the film. So you have to evaluate and plan ahead at the same time, and depending on who right. you're playing. That becomes a bigger job, and then, you know, we kind of time it out, and, and it's been over years too. And I kind of make our coaches. I don't really make them do anything except make sure that they're caring for their families and and things like that. And so, there's times where it doesn't matter where I am, we're done here, and we try to family dinner or whatever. So yep. you're evaluating. So though, so I'd say Sunday, uh, Saturday after the game through. 
uh, Monday, at, we get home about 10 on Monday night, that's all that mix of evaluation and plugging it into what's next. And then, mm-hmm. so Tuesday comes along and you're a little bit tired, but then Tuesday we're putting your meeting again and right up to practice. And at practice, we need to be sharp to where we want to, you know, we're putting our stuff up again. You know, when I say stuff, I mean, you know, if we're on belly and counter and, you, you know, our four, our systems, you know, they're sure. you don't really a play so much, but our systems, how do they look against what they run defensively or the other way around? And so putting all those things together and then on practice, that's a more physical day, and we're finding out what we feel like we like, and then you film that. And so then that night you're doing that film again, and so you repeat that. Wednesday is a little more refining. Today is Thursday, so we will uh, we'll be out today, and we just we want to be sharp. We won't do much hitting, but it'll be more pop, pop, pop in, uh, you know, scout teams and and it's such a cool thing because uh, young guys, and some young guys are playing right away, but some young guys, they're running the other team. We had a JV game Monday, mm. and those guys, it's like we were kind of excited about how what a good job they did because they haven't run our offense mm. for a long time because okay. the scouts are all in there. And, and they're usually running the other team's offense. Yeah, exactly. Sure. And yeah. so they're, you know, they're, they're trying to emulate uh, St. John's or whoever. And, mm-hmm. um, but it's really neat that – we need those guys desperately. They're not going to get any credit. You know, they are from us because we love them and we know. And all the kids, even the stars, Dawson Brown was a guy for us. Even he was a scout. And, and you, you just understand that. But um, in mm-hmm. in football, we go to practice. We have 100 guys. 85 of them don't touch the ball, you know, the entire practice. And um, I tell Coach Novak, our basketball coach, that our offensive line – you know, they get Gibbous and Boris, they get these guys all these yards, and that, but they don't need any assists, hmm. big babies. Anyway, <laughs> um, he's always making fun of me because we need 30 seconds to call the next play. And so I tell him that, yeah, coaching five guys can't be that hard. Anyway, but uh, as, as we – He as doesn't we, listen to this, No, right? he doesn't listen. No, no. He's, no. A, he's got an attitude problem. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but so then, you know, you kind of do all these things with the guys, and then in the midst of all that, there's the recruiting in the midst of all that – there's real life things happening, mm-hmm. and so we gotta we want to really have our, our our walls down with the with the kids and our coaches. We don't mm. want we don't want any coaches or kids that think they know it all or, or act sure. like that. And so we're kind of learning together, and it's kind of like with you guys, you know. And in the midst of this thing, being able to grapple and getting as good as we possibly can for mm-hmm. the big day Saturday. Uh, doing that together, man, we just really learn a lot from each other. And because and, uh, it's a big deal, um, it's intense, but it's also high joy and high love. Yeah. No, I was going to say, even listening to this, like our jobs are very different in a million yeah. ways, yeah. right? But yeah. I mean, I, I can empathize with just like how fluid it is. I mean, it's not like one day is just for one thing. I just, I mean, yeah. my job feels yeah. this way. Like I'm constantly shifting between class prep, meeting with students, meeting with colleagues, writing, research. And, and at the same time, I'm always, like you said, keep your walls down because there always are chances for yeah. a relationship. Yeah. You never know when you're having an impact on a student's life. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that's a good transition then out of the kind of X's and O's into <clears throat> the larger purpose of why we do yeah. this all. So let me ask you just a really big question that maybe we can narrow in. Why are athletics, you know, football specifically, but athletics generally, what do they contribute to Christian higher ed? Hmm. You know, so not, not just colleges, but especially as you think about what a place like Bethel is trying to do, why is it important that we have sports teams? Why is it important that we have full-time coaches doing this 
crazy hour, joyful, yeah. difficult job. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's um, uh, it's a good question. I just think it's a, it's an unbelievable ministry, but I think every single thing that you do is a, is a great ministry. But as you talked about having walls down, I was uh, being interviewed to take a, a different job at a school, that, and it was a Christian school, and the, um, I think it was a student life guy says asked me well what do you do for spiritual formation for you guys and and um i wanted to punch him because here's what i said was was the truth is we live our lives out in front of the guys Hmm. and gals and we we want to be god guys that are that are good at what we do and we're fighting towards what's next and we got to deal with tough stuff and we got but um but that others, the other part of that takes care of itself. It's the man we talk, you know, constantly every as in every day about what kind of man do you want to be for us, and you know, that's it's kind of like uh, when I tell our guys, do you want to be a man of integrity? Do you want to be a guy who tells, who tells the truth, who's reliable, all those different things, and practice that, okay, mm-hmm. and do that, and then don't need credit and. Uh, and then, but, you know, but I'm kind of thinking that's what I got to do as a dad, you know. Yep. And if I'm going to go somewhere and have a Bethel shirt on, I need to, I need to act a certain way, and that's a great thing. And uh, but if I'm Steve Johnson and my daughter Katie and Maddie, and I've got to walk into those things. And so, it's just so much like life, and that mm. uh, you're going to get punched in the nose. And I was, I was looking at film this morning, and, and this 320 pound guy. Mark Braley ran, he, he pulled around the side, and Tristan Kincaid came this way. He's 210 pounds, and he just knocked him flying. And I, I told, I showed my wife, I said, I was getting ready. I said, look at this. This is hilarious. He's, but I'm at 63. I don't know if I'd be up yet, you know, and this was yesterday. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'm just thinking these guys, and he just popped right up, and they pat each other, hmm. you know. Yeah. And I think, man, and so doing hard stuff and running to – we, do, we say run to the fight. Mm-hmm. Um, running to hard stuff with a happy heart, you have to do that more than once, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's so making who you are, making it your way, mm-hmm. making it become your way is is what we're, we're trying to do there. And so that's that ministry to where, and I can't, I get way more out of, the whole thing then I get you know I'll have parents say oh thanks for doing me I'm like oh well, you have no idea you know because you just give each other mm-hmm. good stuff especially when you're when you're willing to be wrong when you're willing to be mm-hmm. vulnerable if you don't have to be the boss if you don't have to be right um man you can really achieve some things and so we want to you know our prerequisite in and in a spiritual piece of this we don't need everybody to be i'm not i'm i'm a i'm a big time christian guy and i love jesus and i'm thankful that god sent his son so i could run um but but i don't i'm not done until i go see him and so we talk about that in every area of our lives as far as our walk with the lord we're not done so we don't need everybody to come all set to be a good christian boy and we we you just have to have a heart for a grateful heart because uh, he sent his kids so we could run. And so mm. we had a bunch of guys that were on all levels of our spiritual walk. We're also on all levels of our football 
stuff. We're all different levels of our academics. Let's run. Let's go together, and boom, here we go. And so my joy in, you know, in the history department, when I think about it that way, this is a great team and the leadership we're gonna you know you can go after stuff with a happy heart or you can well we better learn this and obviously <laughs> let's go you know what i mean and it's like uh, you've been in my class yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Wow. well yeah. yeah but that's the i think that's the joy and i think the guys the guys mm-hmm. jump on that right away mm-hmm. and and we we have kind of we don't want to have models because i you know grateful is our mm-hmm. is our cornerstone where you know happy heart is good like medicine um, and that's good juice for everybody else. But when you face tough stuff, be grateful for them because they're going to grow you, mm-hmm. including St. John's and those creeps that cheat. But, uh, <laughs> but you, you know, walking through that together, man, that's, that's, that's what grows us. And, and so there's no fake in and mm-hmm. there's nothing else. And you love each other, you know, no matter what, you know, sometimes you don't like each other, but, uh, it's like, boom, let's go. And, and, uh, I, I don't know. I, I just think that it becomes a natural deal, a natural ministry or whatever sure. however you want to talk about it. Uh, but it's not just, you know, I'm the head coach and quarterbacks and head coaches get more credit and more blame than they deserve. And um, but I'm I'm just I'm just one of us. And here we go. And And I think that's I think the kids love that. I know the coaches are. We're just uh, trying to be, you know, again, guys that love the Lord, love football, love each other, and we want to be amazing. We talk to kids about go to class with this happy heart and this man, well, I don't like this class. Well, I, I didn't ask you that. You go to class, <laughs> figure out what the, you know, how to add value to the class. Don't, mm-hmm. you know, don't worry so much about getting your A and how can I add value to this class it's a good it's a good question you know what i mean and you know don't come to football oh happy and then go to other other meetings all day and i have to do these same things there's meetings i don't want to go to but i i got it's it's, it's tough because when you go tell people what you're supposed to do this way then you got to kind of do it so <laughs> but i'm I, struck by what you're saying here is yeah. is um really resonant with uh, sort of a couple of things we talked about in class, which is or with this, in this podcast, which is the relationship between the Christian university, the relationship between the church and sports, hmm. and um, you know, you're talking about a group of a hundred hundred athletes mm-hmm. and some coaching staff on top of that. You're about the size of the average church in the United States, hmm. um, and some of the things you're talking about, both in terms of both modeling for each other how you ought to act, but then also programmatically thinking about how do we as a unit move towards something collectively as well. It's no surprise then to me that I think that so much of how we think about sports and the communitarian nature of sports takes on these religious aspects in in our society too. Hmm. Well, and Steve, you mentioned your dad was a pastor, brother's a pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe some expectation at some point you'd become a pastor and you'd mm-hmm. go in this other direction. But I mean, as you as you talk to your dad, as you've talked to your brother, do you? I mean, are there similarities between those roles? Like, because in some ways you're you're all important, but you're kind of the face. You're the model. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of expectation mm-hmm. placed on a pastor or a coach. Mm-hmm. I I know you talk about this as ministry, at least in some sense. Like, oh yeah. Do you, uh, do you think about what you're doing as pastoral in that sense? That, yeah, probably. You know, and I and my dad was good enough to not be a hope or you know a, a pastoral. You know, <laughs> he was not. He was kind of. I love the bears and you know. I mean, 
but he talked about that. It's just like a church, and and it is because you got a lot of people that are, you know, I think about Brendan Manning talking about being ragamuffins and mm-hmm. and and just the the joy that uh, that he delights in me, and I don't I don't get that, but I'm I'm taking it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so. But he he talked about man a football team just like a church you know he said before and and so I think that was modeled and then as it came it you know maybe in my DNA or whatever but I don't know you know to teach is to help some to cause someone to learn and you know I think if you guys aren't pretty good coaches you're not as good as you could be mm-hmm. you know and if if I'm not teaching anything and I'm just woo 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 you know I mean got pe- the pictures of coaches that you were you're were talking about that they're either yelling at refs or doing you know uh it's just so much it's so little compared to what really happened so um and teaching to learn is uh you know and, and causing someone to learn is not just in football or history or in your mm-hmm. discipline there's there's so much more to it and so it's the vehicle i kind of think of whatever i'm doing i'm kind of hoping you know we're bringing life life to that and and joy yeah. and and we don't really need everybody to to like football or like us or anything like that what we're doing is is just you know we can go to practice and it's an act of worship to hmm. the king and we can you know and it's not easy and i love that cuz you know as telling as well as talking about with my wife today you have to choose something hard and that's getting less and less. That's where football plays a great part, I think, in even in America, because you know we want to. Oh, you know, if something's kind of hard. We don't. We're not apt to fight through it as much as maybe in the olden days. And I don't want to sound like an old guy, but but it, there's some truth. Mm-hmm. You know, where kids are still, but when we get them, man, there's not a change. They want to be. They want to be loved. They want to be pushed. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want something to care about, mm-hmm. and uh, so they. They love the passion, and they love each other. But uh, you got to stay in the fight because the, dis- the highs are high and the lows are low. How do yep. I get to that place where I'm kind of high? You know what I mean? And, yep. and um, you really have to swallow uh, your pride and stuff, and don't worry about who gets the credit and all those things. They're real, and they're real as a dad. They're real as a as a, a professor and a coach and a and a student. So as we're about out of time. So let's let's close with this. Let's let's think about a high. So we uh, I think we had Gretchen Hunt, Alicia Fistendahl uh, on last year. We asked mm-hmm. them about what success means <coughs> if you're a coach, and you've had a lot of success in ways that we can all see because they're banners. I mean, they're conference mm-hmm. titles, playoff spots. You have a win loss record, but I'm guessing that's not the only marker of success for you. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to explain to someone. Like if you're going to tell a story of success from your 31 years, I mean, is there a story you tell, or are there a couple? Is there something that comes to mind that maybe doesn't seem like a success at first, or yeah. maybe it's even in the midst of a loss? But like, what what's what's that high look like for you? Yeah, <laughs> there's a bunch of uh, things flying through my mind right now, and um, so there's not one, but there's a there's a few games that you know we weren't supposed to win. We're you know we're just little Bethel. Uh, playing with big guys, there's uh, but there's there's really hard ones. When uh, we were just killed by uh, Mount Union, mm. and so we get to the final four, and in my mind still, there's like four or five teams 
and then there's 10. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? yeah. So there, yep, there's yep. some teams that are just out of this deal. And and I remember talking to guys about never, ever, ever be embarrassed. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're doing doing what we do and giving what you got and being who we are, you know, because I was feeling it a little bit my own and and um, but that was a marker for me, in a you know, and not a super happy deal. But um, but those are those are pieces. But I think probably if I the success thing is, um, and it happens a lot because I've been here so long and and we are intimate with our guys. But an alum will talk about I made it through this because mm-hmm. you know because I've done, had to do it before mm-hmm. at a smaller level with football and um our guy sorry if anybody knows me knows this <laughs> happens all the time but our guys love each other not in a not in a foo-foo way at all because we love with a kiss and a kick we talk about it but um holding one another accountable and guys that are just jumping right now to help one another even if it's a confrontation toward toward good things and things in your marriage and you know so I'd say success is guys that um, have continued to walk with the king, mm. and they're tough guys that have soft hearts, and they love their wife and their kids, and you know, to, well, however sec- success is as far as their business, whether it's money or not, but uh, um, you know, giving themselves away, uh, giving your gifts for free mm-hmm. is a big deal. No strings. And I'm yours. And then you cannot grow when there's high affection and high expectations. It's it's pretty hard to. Um, it's a good thing this isn't English. Um, <laughs> but you can't not grow. Hmm. Well, Steve, you're a you're a busy guy. You have things to get ready for. So we appreciate you taking some time. Thank to you talk, so much to for doing so this. Much this. Yeah, it's my it. joy being with you guys. Okay, we'll be right back to finish up this episode. Get in touch with the 252 by emailing us at livefromac2nd at gmail.com. We're almost out of time, but we always like to close by suggesting some things in the world of sports you should be looking for in the next couple of weeks. It's three to see. Let's start with Sam with uh, high school football. I'd say this is one of the most ex- uh, ones I'm most excited for uh, that I've come up with. So this Friday, October 25th uh, at 9 p.m. Central Time, so 7 p.m. on the West Coast, the nation's number one ranked high school football team, uh, modern day of Santa Ana, California, travels to the nation's number two uh, high school football team, St. John Bosco of Bellflower, California. Um, but what's exciting about this is not just two good teams playing each other, but this matchup features two of the nation's top prep quarterbacks, both five-star recruits, uh, St. John Bosco's uh, quarterback, DJ, um, <clears throat> I'm going to try to get this right, Ua Jalali, uh has committed to Clemson. 
and modern day's uh, Bryce Young is headed to Alabama. So those are two teams that play each other uh, in some big college football uh-huh. games. So they're going to play each other tomorrow, uh, and maybe down the road we'll see those uh, see those guys again. So that's can, really can exciting. we watch this somewhere, Sam? I need to it. I need to figure out if uh, if there's a way. Okay. There's probably a, a site where this is streaming. So if I you might want actually, it badly enough. You'll find. I may actually is try to ESPN watch this. HS or something. Yeah, like I don't know, that. but, but I mean, this one I'm excited about. Okay, Chris Moore, guys, guys. I know the Twins suffered an ignoble exit from the playoffs, but the World Series is still actually a thing that some people are still actually playing. Oh, that's right. Uh, game three between the Houston Astros and the Washington Nationals is tomorrow night, and the Nats are up two games to none. Come for the best two pitching staffs in baseball. It's true. My son asked who we're supposed to root for. <laughs> and I was like, this is an easy I, call, I'm, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, besides the fact they're former Twins in the Nationals, this is a team, the, I mean, this franchise has never won the World Series, Expos or Nationals. The last time... Washington won, was in the Major League World Series. It was 1933. Franklin Roosevelt, his first year, threw out the first pitch. And they hadn't won a World Series since, I think, 25, when Walter Johnson, at age like 40, won. Uh, by the way, there were Negro League teams, the one in between there. So it's, it's been 70-plus years. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I will talk about a different kind of sports. Hosted in Japan for the first time, the Rugby World Cup enters its semifinal round this weekend. Top-ranked New Zealand remains the favorite to win its third straight World Cup, but it has to get past England. In the second match, Wales, which is never won the World Cup takes on South Africa who knocked out the surprising host nation in the quarterfinals. Let me take on one thing here. Uh, England beat Australia to get to the semis, which meant it's the end of the international career for a flanker on Australia named David Pocock, who is one of the most interesting athletes in the world. There have been a couple of stories in The Atlantic, The Guardian. He's very politically active, but actually he came to that because he grew up Christian and he read Dietrich Bonhoeffer at one point, and that Hmm. made a big impact on the uh, on him asking what he could do as an athlete, as a mm. person, to have an impact on the world. So we'll we'll share a couple of links at the show page. We always uh, put this up in a couple places on our Facebook page for Channel 3900 at my blog. And I'm sure there are other places you can find it, too. So once again, thanks, Steve Johnson, for coming and doing this. Uh, thanks for listening, too. I can't believe you fit this podcast into your schedule. Oh, that's really great. You guys are good. Thanks. Okay, Chris, take us away. On behalf of my colleagues and Coach Jay here at Bethel University, you've been listening to The 252. You can always get in touch with us at uh, channel3900 at gmail.com. And until we talk to you next time, go Royals. <laughs>